I'm an entrepreneur with a mission to share unique business experiences, tips of the trade, and entrepreneurial advice through fun and easygoing conversations with pros and peers. I'm Cassie, and I'm your host. Let's grab drinks after work every Thursday as we banter and brainstorm. With a shot of business and a splash of pleasure, this is the Mastermind Mixer. Welcome, everybody. This is another episode of the Mastermind Mixer. Today, I have Lucy with us. Hi, Lucy. Hi. Hi. Um, She is one of our speakers at the Escape Conference, so I am going to pass the baton to her and let her introduce herself and what she does. Go ahead. So, thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here, and I'm also thrilled to be coming to the conference. I just can't wait. Um, so what do I do? I do a lot of different things. Um, my name is Lucy Kelly. I am a marketing coach for makers at Bloom by Belmanili, and I also have my own handmade business uh, called, uh, well, the the course is Bloom by Belmanili, and Belmanili is my jewelry business. So I have been in business since 2010. And over those years, I kind of made my way down the very windy and very bumpy road of business ownership and handmade business ownership. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, But the great thing is all of that led me to where I am today. So I have a background in marketing. That's what I went to undergraduate for. And then I went back to graduate school for speech and language pathology. So I specialize in early childhood language development, and all of those things came together um, in a unique skill set that now I coach marketing for makers. So how how do we go from speech pathologist <laughs> to um, <laughs> making jewelry to marketing? Okay. I understand that it all weaves together, but how did we go from one to the other? <laughs> that is the question, isn't it? So... <laughs> Um, well, I started out in marketing, so it's, it's funny. I always say it's kind of a long way to go in life to end up right back where you started, um, mm-hmm. which was just my life theme. Cause I actually, I'm married to my high school sweetheart. We started dating when I was 13. Mm-hmm. We did not stay together the whole time. We broke up when we went to college, but always stayed friends and then got back together in 2013 and got married in 2015. So I guess this is my life's journey. I, I do things, take a really long road and, and come back and do them again. So how I went from marketing to speech pathology to handmade to coaching is I graduated from my undergrad and I sold copiers and oh, I don't know nice. a little door to door action. Where are we selling copiers? It was terrible. I'm sorry. I didn't hear the question. Is that a, was that a little door to door action? Are we like knocking on doctor's offices? Doors oh yeah. Oh yeah. We are 2002 straight up Rolodexing, knocking on doors. Yes. Like, all of it. Okay. All right, Which is so. exactly why I went to graduate school because that was awful. That was just not not for we've me. We've all had the job that you're like, yeah, this isn't working for me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not my thing. Uh, so I went back to graduate school um, and I studied speech and language pathology, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I love learning about how the brain works and how we formulate words and how our thoughts work and everything. So. Speech and language pathology, I would say I'm like neck up, <laughs> like mouth, throat, brain, all that. That's that's my realm. So mm-hmm. I decided, you know, after my graduate school studies, I ended up working with children. I love working with children. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked in an elementary school for years, and I also did a little bit of side work doing early intervention, which is uh, three and under. So when someone says, you know, my two-year-old's not talking, that's my zone of genius. Mm-hmm. 
And when I was working at the school and doing my thing, love my job, love what I was doing, I was looking for something to do to kind of keep my hands busy. Uh, I was going to be, it was the summer of 2010. I was about to be 30 uh, that October. And I decided, I called it my summer of self-improvement. I took some classes at a local craft store because I've always been creative. Uh, My grandmother, when I was growing up, my grandmother had an antique shop a few houses down from my house where I grew up. Oh, that's so fun. It was so fun. I love antique shops. I love going thrifting. It's like one of my favorite things. So to like grow up in that environment, I'm sure it's like deep into your core. So it's like a part of everything I do. And you know how we don't, we don't ever really know the value of an experience or the value of our story sure. until we're telling it or looking back at it. Right. Um, I learned so much from her. I learned, I mean, she had this great little shop and it was like the set. It was, it, it was a small suburb of Pittsburgh that we mm-hmm. lived in and her shop was in. And it was like the hub of the community. I mean, she always had a little, uh, it was just a teeny tiny room. I mean, maybe 20 by 20, just to look, just yeah. an itty bitty little space. But she always had a chair and she always had like for someone to come in and sit and talk to her. She always had a little teeny tiny coffee pot. So she put on a pot when someone came. It was, she was, she was just a delight. So I always had this love of people and talking to people. I have this love of all things vintage, which is how, and, and being creative. We used to have so much fun, um, you know, rearranging her shop and doing her windows and, you know, going, Mm -hmm. she would take me with her whenever she would go buy from people. So it was just this really great experience. And I, so I've always been kind of creative because I had so many people around me, mostly, especially her to guide me and Mm -hmm. to kind of show me what it's like to have your own business and show me what it's like to just be creative and do things that you love and make things that you love and buy things that you love. So, um, that summer I took several classes. I took a quilting class. I took a sewing class. I took a crochet class. I took a jewelry making class. We found very similar. I'm going to, I want you to finish, but I'm going to tell you some similar similarities that you and I have, but I'm like, I, are we this? <laughs> go ahead. So the, you know, the end of the story is that the jewelry making class was the only one that took my brain does not work in numbers. Um, I, I can't, I can't measure, I can't calculate like the, the amount of mathematics. I need to be able to have like my own creative. Yeah. 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 Power. Yeah. Like quilting is so and sewing is so precise. You know, it took a precision that I did not have, but this, the, the jewelry class took. Yeah. So I, do you have a specialty in the type of jewelry that you make? Now I do. Now I, I specialize in upcycling vintage costume jewelry. So that combined the jewelry making and the love of vintage that came from my grandmother. It's brilliant. It is brilliant. Thank you. It's fun. It is a lot of fun. It is so much fun. So, okay. So now I understand a little bit more about um, the, the process that you went to, but how did we land? At what point were you like, I can expand this and help others in the form of marketing? So that, that took a few more years. So because I do have this background in marketing, when I started making my jewelry, as many small business owners can attest, you don't really start out, at least not in handmade, you don't start out saying like, oh, I'm, I want to, I want to start a handmade business because I want to make a lot of money. <laughs> it's usually you start making things that you really enjoy and people start asking you if they can buy it. And then they say, well, you should open an Etsy shop. That's, that's the right. kind of uh, 
the segue line. What a trajectory of yes, yes. <laughs> like makers. So I started my business and I, you know, same route and I'm in Pittsburgh and we're fortunate here that it's a very artist friendly town. So there's lots of really great artist markets, crafters markets, makers markets, like real good, high quality ones, you know, mm-hmm. where some people make really cool stuff. So I, my business grew, you know, as like, I, I kind of knew how to do marketing because I went to school mm-hmm. for marketing. And for me, it was easy to, I was making what I love. I had this great market to go to. I knew early on to build an email list and right. I was using social media. You know, I'm, I'm older than Pinterest and I'm older than Instagram. So <laughs> when my business was starting, Facebook was the only social media platform. And when I started, Facebook was only, you had to have an EDU email address. It was only for right. college. Me too. I was in um, MySpace era whenever. Yeah, was, exactly. Like, exactly. Like we were just transitioning out of MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We like couldn't get um, Facebook. So we had to go to MySpace because we didn't yes. have it. Yes. I went to a community college my first two years. So um, oh, we didn't okay. have emails. We didn't, I was in college, but we just didn't have the .edu emails associated with the, the school that I was at. So yes. Um, I understand the struggle and like the FOMO of everybody over on Facebook because we like made our top eights on MySpace. <laughs> oh gosh, that's so fun. <laughs> yeah. So then, so they had started, they opened up Facebook to business. I think in, I think in 2010 was when they opened it up in biz, to business accounts too. So mm-hmm. I started, um, you know, I started a Facebook page and can I, and the, you know, those were back in the days where you could build it really, really quickly. But the tipping right. point then came in that jewelry business when I started doing bigger markets, I did the country living fair. I did some other big shows and my business started to grow. And I was getting, I was, I was in shows. I was getting recognition locally. I was getting recognition in, you know, magazines and things, not for anything other than someone saw me and reached out to me. Cause that's, you know, that's the joy of being a maker in the mid two thousands was that kind of thing happened. But then people started asking me, so it was maybe like 2017, 2018, people started asking me how I was doing it, how I was doing my email, how I was growing my business, how I was selling online. Mm-hmm. And I was able to tell them, but I quickly realized, and the, you know, I quickly realized like, there's something here. People keep asking me this. And then right. someone said, can I hire you to be my business coach? And I was like, well, no, that changed everything. <laughs> it did. It did. But like, I did not have time for that. I was still working full time at the school. I was still, yeah. well, actually no, in 2017, I was not, I was working. I had a baby. That's what it was. I had my daughter in 2016. I didn't have the bandwidth to do it. I'm telling you, we are so similar. I also have a grandmother that I love. She was a quilter, but I've also taken all the crafting courses and ended up in jewelry when I was a senior in high school, but it was fused acrylic glass. Oh. So um, I had like my first art show was my jewelry show right after I graduated high school. And I had like a, um, her name's Denise Etchison and she's still designing. Um, she does more um, stamped uh, sterling oh, okay. silver stuff now, but um, that's what she, yeah, she taught me. All so you keep th- saying all these things and I'm like, we are. So that's amazing. Cool. We are the same. Although yeah. that, that, that glass fusing is a real art. I, that is, right. that is impressive. One thing that I do love about making is like math, but not in like, it doesn't have to be exact. Like I like when there's like formulas involved, but if you like want to tweak it a little bit, you get a different result and it's cool. Yes. So that's where I, I really fell into that. I was making jewelry for my friends for proms and doing all these things. 
Yeah, that is anyway. so cool. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. that's what I love about jewelry. I always say like, it doesn't have to be exact and that's perfect for me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Can't have it be exact. Um, so when I got, when, when my friend said like, will you be my business coach? And I was like, well, no, I really can't because I, I didn't have the time. I knew I would never be able to charge enough to make it like worthwhile for me time-wise. And mm-hmm. then I would just end up not liking it. So I was like, well, no, I can't, but I've been told, you know, a lot of people have asked me, I've been toying around with this idea. There's not a whole lot of stuff out there that's specific for makers. If I create, if I figure out how to create a course, would you be, would you like be the first person to test it? Um, so she said, yes, of course she was thrilled too. And that's how that began. I, uh, started searching for how to create a course and three, well, let's see, that was 2019. I took Amy Porterfield's Digital Course Academy in September of 2019. Yeah, I was going to ask you your 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 avenue in which you learned to do the course because um, I know I've had a few clients build out courses themselves and there's so many different ways that you can go about it. So it, thank you for sharing that it was the Amy Porterfield course. Um, yeah, no problem. Yes, that's, I mean, she's the, there are lots of different programs out there. Um, she's kind of the, you know, the queen of the castle though, as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, her course was very thorough. So it taught me, I knew from my background in marketing and from my background in, in education and working in a school, I understood how to put together a curriculum. I knew what I wanted to teach. I just didn't know the logistics of it. I just didn't know like the te- the tech of having an online program, um, mm-hmm. which is what that taught me. So then I launched in my, so I took DCA fall of 19. So I launched in January of 2020 and we all know what happened then. <laughs> so the crazy thing was my course at the time, the premise of the course was to basically teach people what I did, which was grow and build your business online using your lists and your contacts of people that you meet at shows at craft fairs, markets and things oh, like that's that. Interesting, but now there's no shows. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, the concept of it was still the same. It was just, instead of list building at shows, now I had to teach how to list build online, which, you know, obviously you can do, it just wasn't the thing. And I remember, I remember when I was recording my course, my daughter had was just, it was just before she turned four. And I remember recording the one email marketing module. And I said, imagine what it would be like if your very best show of the year canceled. And the reason I put that in there was because the country living fair was my biggest show of the year. Um, It made up an, an enormous percentage of my income but they canceled and it was not due to COVID. It was before COVID. We, we as vendors all got noticed that they were no longer going to have the country living fairs. Um, and these oh were gosh, five, like six so figure shows. Like income was yeah. like relying on that fair. Oh yeah. People were making, they, uh, seriously. Like, uh, I don't know why I said temporary like that. Temporary. Um, <laughs> was it just a temporary cancellation or they were just never having it again? They were never going to have it again. So <sighs> it's, oh. yeah, that's a whole other side story, but they were, they just weren't, they were going to do a, a different type of thing, which they did not end up doing, but it just so happened to line up with COVID. So it just kind of went by the wayside. Yeah, it kind without, of all went, sure. Um, yeah, without a lot you of were already, man, you like, you were a, a step ahead of the marketing as it far was, as like what was to come with COVID too. It, like, yeah. A very weird way to be in the right place at the right time. Exactly. With the right I was going to say, like, it was like hard to find words to say that you were in the right place at the right time, but that's exactly, I mean, it was just, really good timing unbeknownst to you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it was, 
you know, when I did that first launch, I went through and followed the pro, you know, I followed Amy's program. One of the things she said to do was to put a launch date on my calendar, which I did. And I took that very seriously. And I think that that's a lesson for like anybody to learn is that doing things, I knew it was not going to be perfect, but I knew that there was no way it was going to get better if I didn't do it first. So like I knew, okay, I'm not, I was not necessarily ready to launch, but I needed to put it out there because I can't improve on something that I have not put out there in the first place. That's interesting. Um, That's the same. I, so we know that Amy and Jenna Kutcher are friends, um, like best friends, I think. Um, and I took Jenna's podcast course, which was very similar sentiment of like, put a date on the calendar launch, um, And I, I also took that very seriously and I, um, we are in season two. Um, and I kind of went to the drawing board with Allie, as you know, she's my co-founder, but also just like my, we're like each other's business coaches. Nice. <laughs> um, but whenever we did that, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it even if it's imperfect. Um, and because I, I learn, I'm a learner by doing, by doing. Mm-hmm. So I had to like dive in. I had to see like, what the hiccups were. Like I wasn't going to be able to predict anything until I was just doing it. Right. So I can, I can relate to that for sure. Yeah. And the great thing with that, just, you know, in the, in our businesses and in any business, like the really great thing is at the beginning, no one's watching. Like you don't have anyone. It's great. Right. No one's watching you. You can screw right. up as much as you need to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, not that you screw up, but you know what I mean? Like we get this oh, no. fear for I, some reason we think everybody in the world is watching us yeah. and they're just not. I know. I, I talk to my clients a lot about that. Um, I do a lot of social media management and things like that. And, you know, my philosophy is not like to go viral. It's to talk to the people that are gonna actually going to buy from you. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I often say like, you have to remind yourself that like, we're not we're all not on this grand scale. Like we just need to get going, need to get moving. But like you said, like not everybody is watching. Like you take that pressure off of yourself. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's fantastic. So in that first round, like in the early days, uh, like in that first launch, it was the early days of COVID and we still didn't know what was going to happen. Like we had no idea, obviously what was to come down the pike, but there was still like People were, the, the year was starting out. People were excited about doing shows. They were excited of getting back out there. And then come March, when, you know, things started to close down and shows started to cancel, it became apparent very quickly that people were going to need to have a way to sell that was not going to be an art fair or craft show. And the problem is a lot, at least at that time, a lot of artists and makers were putting all their eggs in those show baskets. Like they were reliant Ooh. on someone else to give them a place to sell, which is just catastrophic. Wow. It's like what everybody says about social media. Like you don't own it. Like right. the whole concept of the email list. It's like, exactly. you don't own these places. What do you own? So put, exactly. your, like, put your money there. It's very interesting. I never would have guessed that just because we are in such a digital age that I would have assumed that everybody had this platform somewhere like no 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 they didn't and and it was I mean it was it was very my goodness (laughs) (laughs) well so the funny the funny not funny thing was about country living about that particular show was I saw the writing on the wall I mean you can kind of when you've done this for long enough you can kind of see when you know the ship's sinking and mm-hmm. I knew I could just tell by how things were going, how things were going, that like, this is not going to go on forever. So I made it a point. I had always built my email list, but I made it a point 
to very actively, and I don't want to say aggressively, but assertively build my list at those shows. Because I knew that there was going to be a day where that show wasn't going to be there. And those people were the people who had like come to see me, come to buy from me, bought in handfuls. I mean, they were like my super hot customers. So when, when COVID happened and when the fair shut down, I didn't have any problem maintaining because all I had to do was email my list, right? Like all I had to do was email them and, and put things online. But people who didn't have that, not only did not have that resource, but had no idea how to build the resource and had to learn email marketing and had to learn social media and had to learn a website platform. Like they had to learn all that at once. Yeah. It's so and, frustrating because a lot of the makers, like they do it because they like to make, not because they want to run yes. a business. Yes. Um, so yes. And it's funny that you, you mentioned that I've never thought about it. Um, I am a, like, I love shopping at markets like that. I, if I need to buy a gift, I go to Etsy first. Like I'm always trying to like mm-hmm. go to makers. Um, but I'm not on very many email lists from people that I've bought from. I don't, I don't know. I can't think of any that have added me and I buy online quite a bit and I'm yeah. still not being added. A lot of them don't build email lists. This is my big, yeah. if there's one soapbox I can stand on, it is that everybody needs to build. I always tell, even it's if you don't true. want to email, like a consumer, you, as, you know what? I can think of one list that I'm on and it's um, for a company who sells cal- 365 day calendars, but it's like all the silly holidays, like Oh. Uh, chocolate pancake day, like, and it's for kids <laughs> so that the kids, you can like pick days. Um, and I am on her email list and I just got hers about like pre-sale starts. Um, and she's, I think she's the only person I can think of that I am on a list like that, but it is, I, I already have it. Like I left the email read on my email. Cause I'm like, I need to go buy it. Like it does work. Everybody, does. everybody who has products, like put me on your email list. I am her ideal client. Yeah, it does. So, you know, so in those early days, you know, I had to make that shift over because I launched again in March and there were people who were just like absolutely panic stricken that they, they needed a way to sell. So we got really scrappy and we figured out how to dig into, you know, how we could possibly find people that have bought from them and how they could reach out and get to them. And now, the program has evolved, the coaching has evolved. And now, you know, we're kind of getting back into shows. So, you know, that messaging, again, it's, it's always build the list. It's always connect with your customers. It's always know who the people are that are buying from you and serve them value. But now it's like, okay, we learned what happened. So now like, don't you dare go to a show and not ask someone to join your email list. Exactly. Exactly. Now. So I know you, when did you transition out? Cause you were still working out of school, like traditionally working. I was still working at the school until 20. So not, not while I was doing this. So the timeline on that, I worked at the school district until I think I left at the end of 2013. And because it was across the town, I moved, I moved across the city to move in with my husband because he had a house and I had a condo. So he had more space, but I, um, I, he had a house. I had a condo. I don't know if I said that backwards, but I, <laughs> I was trying to make that math work in my head. And I do think that you said it backwards. Okay, <laughs> no. He had a house. I had a condo. So I sold my condo, moved out here with him. But the deal was, you know, if I'm going to leave, I loved my job and I loved my condo. If I'm going to leave that, then I get to, you know, focus on my business. So I took a job as a contractor, a contract with an organization here in Pittsburgh that serves, uh, I just do evaluations for kids three and under, and I still have that contract. I still do that very little bit. But at that time I was doing, that was pretty much my full-time job, that and my jewelry business. So 
Then I had my daughter in 20, early 2016, I had her. And then, you know, just so when this came up, she was going to be getting ready to start pre-K. So Mm -hmm. she turned four at the end of January of 2020. She was born in January, 2016. And we had enrolled her in, um, there's a chain of uh, Montessori kind of private schools called the Goddard School. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, My sister has her kids in them in Chicago. Okay. So they had, I mean, literally just built, physically oh, yes. built a brand new <laughs> one, right? It was opening in January of 20, built this brand new, beautiful school. She was the first child to enroll. So she was supposed to start, like she was going to go. And oh the opening of the school got pushed back a little bit due to construction. So it was like, okay, I'm launching first with a kid. But then she, so she did finally start um, a couple weeks into January and I think she was there maybe six weeks before it closed. So, <laughs> so while I was not working full-time while this was launching, I was part-time working, part-time businessing, part-time momming, part-time housing, like all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, um, had, my daughter was born in April of 2016. So oh my God, we are was, the same. <laughs> I know it's crazy. And then I, I had my second in August of 2020. And it just happened to be that little sweet spot where like everything opened for like a half a second and we re-enroll or didn't re-enroll her. We enrolled her in a pre-K, but they were private. So they didn't have the same state bound boundaries or or not boundaries, but um, restrictions. So we were able to keep her in school. She was masked um, for the first year or so. Um, She, but she wore a mask and, but it was just so nice as a, someone who works from home. Um, and then I had a, a newborn as well to just have um, her in a school. So I understand you like, you felt like the six weeks of like sweetness. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they were like, oh, no, not now, not today. So it's, um, it was a real, it was a juggling act for a long time. And now that she's getting older, it's a slightly different juggling act. And now she's, got, she's in second grade now. And um, I think a lot of us, a lot of us moms can relate to this. You know, you're the, you're the default parent, but also the default chauffeur and the default oh, cheer yeah. practice taker and the cheer default dance mom. And the default around here, we call that the invisible load. Um, yeah. There's a, a person on, I keep referencing these people that I can't remember their names, but I see their content constantly. So something is working, but um, she does these graphics online called invisible load. And it, it talks just yeah. like what you're saying is like, okay, so the default parent, and then it has like all of these. So if the background's pink, it would be like a different shade of pink. So you can kind of see it, but it's like all those things that you were just talking about. Like yes. I'm already thinking, I've been thinking all day that I need to or, like order our groceries and I haven't done it yet. And I'm like, oh crap, that, what, what are we going to have for dinner? So yeah, the, yeah. the juggling actually is real and it never changes. It just, oh, it's, it's so real. It's, and, <laughs> and my husband is dear. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to diss him or anything oh, yeah, like that, same. but he has yeah. a corporate job. He work. he does work mm-hmm. from home, but he has a corporate job and it's like, you know, it's a, it's a juggling act because yeah, when something sure. has to give, it's usually so mom. With um, heading into like holiday market season, how is that impacting your clients who are kind of just trying to get their, they're trying to get their systems in place. It sounds like they're yeah. trying to be a little bit more streamlined. So mm-hmm. what's your big advice for anybody? Like say that they've not taken your course, um, but they know they need this can you give like a tip or two about what to do going into this season? Absolutely. I can. So my, my course is the marketing school for makers. And right now um, we have the fall class and they're in, and we are diligently working on our 
we have, there's four modules in the course and how I structured the support this time is to do a sprint. So we're doing each module one week per module and then a planning session. And then we're going back through it again. So because I wanted to make sure everybody was ready for the holiday season, I didn't want to go through it a slow pace and have them miss a piece for the end. So my biggest advice for makers, for any product-based business owner, any business owner in general, general, really, as you're coming into the holiday season, one, build your email list. Invite every, if you go to a show, if you're someone who does fairs or markets, or you have a boutique or you're doing a pop-up or whatever, every single person that walks in front of you should have an invitation to join your list. That can be a notebook sitting out. You can get fancy and order something from Vistaprint. It can be a tablet. It can be a QR code that they scan. Even if you're not ready to send an email yet, invite those people to your list. There will never be anyone who is a hotter lead than a person who is physically in front of you and who is giving you money for a product in person, because that's the person who has already decided they want to do business with you. All you have to do is remind them that you exist. So that's number one. That's the first thing that I would recommend. Number two, and um, I think this is something that you know, I'm really excited about the conference because I think this is something that we're going to focus on really heavily, but it's a mindset shift. So as we come into the holiday season, as we come into the next new year, we as business owners, we're always so focused on like, how can I sell more? How can I make more money? Which is of course the goal. But when you approach your sales in that way, when you approach your business in that way, you're, you're really looking at like, what's the benefit in this business for you? The benefit is that you make money, of course. If you shift your mindset and instead of saying, how can I sell as much as possible this season to how can I give my customers the best, most awesome product experience takeaway? Like how can I just absolutely blow them away? you will, one, feel much better about yourself because your customers are going to love every minute of being with you. And two, you will sell more because people buy, it's, it's you know, sounds cliche, but it is the truth. We buy from who we know and who we like and who we trust. So who doesn't want to have a great experience with a small business so that they can then go and support them again? Right. So focusing on your customer and having everything that you do be based on them. Every if you send emails, every email you send, what do you think they want to hear? Every social post you make, what is it that you think is going to offer them value? What will make them smile? What will make them laugh? What will make them take that next step? Um, on your website, how do they need to see your products? Do they need to see it you know, on a person? Do they need to see it styled? Do they need to see what the gift wrap looks like? Whatever you can offer them to give them the best possible experience so that they almost have no choice but to buy from you because it wouldn't make right. sense not to. Yeah, I love that. And I, um, with my clients, I do, I do a lot of workflow, like automation um, mm -hmm. for clients. And I focus so heavily on that. Like whoever you're talking to, if you can make them feel like they, they're understood or that you relate to them, even it's like a silly meme or, you know, whatever. Like I have clients who love Disney. So it's like, mm -hmm. okay, how are we going to integrate that? Because whoever you're like, your ideal clients are probably going to like Disney too, because they can relate to you in that. And um, so I always, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I totally agree that it makes just making sure that you're really making them feel catered to is so important. Exactly. Exactly. Because they're going to remember that experience and then come January, February, March, where everybody else is kind of in that slump. You're not going to be because you'll have this list full right. of customers who have had this great experience with you, who are going to be interested in seeing what you're, what you're doing and what's going on. And one more final tip is if you are someone who does 
like if you're selling a product, if you're making, if you do in-person events, any of that, do not skip out on the content banking. Like do it, like set up your phone, like for me at fairs and markets, set up your phone on a tripod and take a time-lapse video of you unloading and setting up. If you're, if you have a boutique, um, take pictures of your customers coming in, take pictures of you changing your display, take video of you making, like this is content prime time. <laughs> like you are busy. Exactly. Like gather all of it for the year. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're busy doing so much. Like we are doing so much for our businesses. If, if you're busy, looks like sitting on a computer, set up your phone and take video of you working at your computer. Take just, right. you know, do live. Just- my favorite um, content, like videos to see. And I will literally buy something just so that I know that I contributed to the video. But it's, mm-hmm. it's when they're printing, like the people that do e-commerce, when they're printing their labels and sometimes they have like something go yes. viral and it like, and it's just this like mile and miles yes. long worth of these um, like laser printed uh, mailing. Yeah. 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 I have a video like that. I found, I found a hack for how to do that. <laughs> I love it so much. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I want to be part of this like printable thread. So like, let me buy this t-shirt. Like I, That's awesome. it really does work. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's a really cool thing. Um, yeah, I do. So I sell on Shopify and I do have an Etsy shop too, but I found that if I like at the holiday, if I have a sale or I have an event and I have several orders, you can go in and bulk print your shipping labels and like have them instead of printing them out one by one, you can have them print out all at one time like that. And yes, absolute content gold. It is so fun. It is so fun as a consumer to watch it because you just know how happy that person is. I think that's why I shop small so much is because I just know that there's like an individual behind that sale that is just so freaking happy. (laughs) This is is what I live for. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to, ask you one question. I ask everybody, okay. um, what, what do we drink? Um, are we coffee? Are we cocktail? And if we're one or the other, what is our, what's our order at Starbucks or our order at the, at the bar? Okay. Well, it depends on the time of day. So before five o'clock coffee, after five o'clock Chardonnay. <laughs> oh, Chardonnay. Okay. What um, kind of coffee? Pumpkin spice all year long. And I have Ooh, no apologies for that. I love that. I love that you're not a fair weather fan. You're like, no, yeah. this happens. So we're like dead of summer in July and we're drinking yeah. a pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. Not, not latte, just coffee, pumpkin spice, oh, latte, coffee, okay. coffee. Not only that, we are dead of summer in July going to Myrtle beach for two weeks and taking a case of pumpkin spice coffee with us. Cause we know <laughs> we won't find it there. <laughs> I love that. I love that. We just know the things that make us happy and we're just going to bring yes. them with us. Yeah. Exactly. So, and then Chardonnay all the time or are you I as mean, as often as what's politically acceptable. <laughs> I was going to say, are you as committed to your Chardonnay as you are to your pumpkin coffee? <laughs> I am. You know what? I like to, I am so funny. I like to know what to expect. I think everybody likes to know what to expect, but I, um, every now and again, if I'm feeling spicy or like if I'm outside, like if I'm sitting at a campfire or something, which doesn't yeah. happen often, I'm not a camper. Um, but my friends are, and they have a little campground. I'll go sit by the fire. That's as much as I do. I'll have like a cider. I, I like to have like a woodchuck cider. Oh, nice. So we have, um, I'm in Virginia, um, and we have Devil's Backbone is the name of a brewery. Um, and then they have their ciders too. Um, and oh, their nice. ciders are amazing. So I'm like a seasonal drinker. So in the summer, I'm a margarita girl. In the winter, I'm like a wine or a, like a spiced or a spiked apple cider girl. Like I, oh, that sounds good. Spiked apple cider. I think like red wine wants, I want to be warm. So like yeah. in the summer, I'm trying to be cool. 
And um, yeah, so I, I understand the dedication. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But thank you so much. I can't wait to hear more about all of this at the escape conference. Um, And I will make sure to drop everything in the show notes. So people know where to find you. Is there anything that you would like to say before we go about something that you might have coming up or where we should um, look out for you or anything like that? So you can find me at bloombybelmanili.com. I will be having, I have uh, several freebies on there that are pretty fun. And if it's okay, I'll send you some links for those that you can put in the show notes. Yes, please. Um, I will be having a Black Friday, Cyber Monday special on uh, the enrollment for the Marketing School for Makers, which will come up in January. But I have a really fun package that I'm putting together for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I apologize if you have a dog. I'm also babysitting my mom's dog, which I'm pretty sure is my dog now. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's it. You can also idea. find me on, on social media. I'm at Bloom by Belmanili everywhere. And I hope that I will see everybody at the escape conference. I know that there's limited tickets. So if you're lucky enough to be one of the ones to get one of the t- tickets to come, I, I am so excited about this. I'm, I'm really so excited to you. And I appreciate your time. It was great. I feel like we, I say this a lot um, because I fall into these conversations and I'm like, they're going to be 20 minutes. And then I find that I can talk for like hours. So oh, I appreciate yeah. your time. We did go a little bit over, but it was all worth it. Um, and I can't wait to hear more. I'll talk to you soon. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. You guys, that's another episode of the mastermind mixer. Before you go, don't forget to check the show notes for the perfectly paired drink that accompanies our conversation. It's like the cherry on top to a great story. And here's the deal. If you enjoyed our chat as much as we did, be sure to rate review and subscribe to the podcast. It's like giving me a virtual high five, which I'm totally down for at any point in time. Stay tuned for more amazing guests and their incredible stories on the mastermind mixer. I'm always eager for another round of inspiration, knowledge, and maybe a few laughs along the way. Cheers.
You guys, that's another episode of the Mastermind Mixer. Before you go, don't forget to check out the show notes for the perfectly paired drink that accompanies our conversation. It's like the cherry on top to a great story. And here's the deal. If you enjoyed our chat as much as we did, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It's like giving me a virtual high five. Stay tuned for more amazing guests and an incredible story 